Welcome, Yokoso, to another great episode of Advantest Talk Semi. This episode titled Navigating the Semiconductor Horizon 2024 and Beyond. Risto Puhaka, General Manager from Tech Insights, the authoritative information platform on the semiconductor industry, is going to be guiding us through the dynamic world of semiconductors. Back again, Risto joins us to share his invaluable insights on the current state and future of the semiconductor industry, from the impact of AI and robotics to geopolitical influences and the latest from CES 2024, we're covering it all. So let's get started and explore what lies ahead in this ever-evolving industry. Risto, Happy New Year 2024 and welcome back to the show. Thank you, Keith, and Happy New Year. Nice to be back. Yeah, great to have you back. So, Risto, I want to kick this off. It's hard to believe, but this time last year, ChatGPT from OpenAI had just debuted on the scene. And it's only been a year, but it feels like the entire world is now obsessed with AI. We've got now chip manufacturers and hyperscalers battling for market dominance. And to paraphrase Lisa Su, uh, CEO of AMD, she said, Last year has shown us that AI isn't just a cool new thing, it's the future of computing. I thought that was interesting. I would say it's the future, full stop. And nowhere was this more apparent than CES 2024, which ended, as you know, just a couple of weeks ago. So our Advantage team was there, and what we saw, literally every single company's messaging and product centered around AI in some way. So the question is, what happened in 2023, and did we literally just see the entire world change in the blink of an eye? It's uh, it certainly changed in the in the blink of an eye. Literally in a matter of up, you know, the Chat GPT was launched late, basically 22 became available. I think it experienced the fastest ramp of usage that. The world has ever seen the adoption rates, the, the usage rates just went through the roof, and and people were fascinating because the chat GPD literally could take a lot of human tasks, uh, which were traditionally uh, in a, in a sense felt that those are the human tasks, and suddenly they they became uh, very very easy to do. And you know, the joke around like my my people is like, why don't you take this data set, call the chat GPD, and send write a report on this. And uh, then just, you know, to you mentioned Lisa Su, you know, an AMD, a great company. And Lisa put out this $400 billion market size in four or five years. And it became a huge head scratcher for us, for example, and say, ah, you know, are we going to go and against Lisa and say, no, it's not 400? Or are, are we going to go figure out what Lisa's thinking is on, on or AMD's thinking in on this? And, and uh, those are those are kind of the, the ramifications. And then uh, we can't, uh, you know, forego the comment that NVIDIA became a trillion dollar market capitalization company. And there was not a lot of those companies. And now we have a semiconductor company there with that. So that obviously got the fascination of the whole financial world, uh, you know, in a single season. So we had a, let's say, a perfect storm uh, that was lit up in the late, late uh, 22. So yeah, that's, that's where we are. Yeah, great. It's uh, exciting times for sure. So aside from this AI phenomenon that has seemingly taken over the world, 
and was definitely one of the overarching themes that we saw at CES 2024. I noted six key technology themes from 2024. Yeah. AI, obviously, number one, ubiquitous integration of it. The advancements in robotics, the robots in your homes to mow your lawn, to help the elderly, healthcare, expanding applications and computer vision, which go hand in hand with the AI. And then the momentum in spatial computing, which is the rebranded term for AR and VR. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, EVs and automobiles. And the innovations in micro LEDs and transparent displays. Yeah. So the the question is, I mean, these are the six themes that uh, we sort of took away and that people were talking about. Do these six themes resonate with Tech Insights and your observation and why these six, I mean, AI notwithstanding, why these six and are there others that we should be thinking about? You know, we are people from CES. They're still writing some of the, their observations and comments and analysis, but those are the key things. But I, I would like to add a, a comment here. You know, first is AI, which is which is effectively a little bit of, let's call it unknown application. We still are trying to figure out what it is. Then you got robotics, computer vision, spatial computing, which is a technology, EV a kind of application, but driven by technology pieces. And micro-LED, which is definitely a device, those five are all centered and driven by AI. So so it's a kind of, a, I mean, catch-all AI show. And I, I was not able to make the show myself, but, you know, we had a we had a 10-person team there. And uh, when you look at the comments, it's 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 basically, even those those are exciting technologies, they are driven by AI or they drive AI one way or the other. So, you know, take, uh, take uh, you know, micro LED driving data to AI. Uh, you know, take an EV, moves an AI to, to basically become into, or EV or, or, or let's say autonomous vehicles requires that AI component to become a fully functional spatial computing a world of AI and, and computer vision driving data to AI and robotics going to be a great user of AI. So you have actually a huge amount of technologies that are just coalescing, you know, basically cohabiting the, the marketplace and the AI is in the center. Yeah. And just to sit on that for a second, I heard recently also that we talked about AI going into different segments. Yeah. Um, but what, one of the I, I said, big takeaways is that AI isn't going into different segments. It's going into all segments. Yeah. Like every everything now, doesn't matter what it is, agriculture, industry, gas, oil mining, you know, grocery stores, everything has yeah. AI as part of the, the growth uh, behind it now. That's that's exactly it is the it is the uh, the really <laughs> catch all application from the industries, from the applications. Okay, so uh, we could probably talk about this for quite some time, but there's two. There's so much to cover here, but I want to focus on two of those trends. The first one, spatial computing, and the second, micro LED. The the reason I want to talk about spatial computing is because Apple's ProVision is actually coming out next week, and there's been a lot of sneak peeks at it, and a lot of videos, and there's getting a lot of press in the in the media. So from that aspect how do you see this technology impacting the semiconductor this industry well i mean uh, it's basically again you're you're gonna need uh basically the data stream to that uh you know 
those devices is going to be higher. So, and that corresponds, you need more better processors, you need a better logic components, you need more memory. All of the things that uh, basically drives that experience is going to be driven. Basically, I'm going to say from the perspective of silicon, it will take more silicon per whatever your measurement is compared to what the previous applications were, whether it's with your smartphone having that experience, whether it's with your TV having that experience. But uh, yeah, that's kind of the, the experience we'll, we should expect from that. Yeah. So let's pivot then over to the transparent micro LED displays. I think a lot of consumers, this was really their first time seeing this technology, at least in a big way. It's very futuristic technology with, you know, transparent displays. And Samsung had one of the largest displays there as one of the largest semiconductor manufacturers as it unveiled uh, their, uh, I think it was 77 inch micro LED display to sort of open CES. But I, I kind of want to draw everyone's attention to the technology has been in research and development for the past six plus years. And Advantis has been working with those companies on developing next generation test solutions for that space. The technology is still expensive, I think, compared to traditional displays, but I do see a lot of potential industry use cases. So from Tech Insights and from your your perspective, how do you see this market and its impact on the semiconductor industry? Uh, in a, I mean, obviously, you know, we still have the cost cost issues to um, to address, but it is a technology that we should expect the normal cost reduction curve that we we see we seen on the display technologies across the generations. So I don't have any any issues with that. And then uh, once we get there and we start to see those cost reductions. It will come everywhere. You know, again, it, it's a progression of display technology, providing the users, the consumers, richer, more more thorough, whatever the adjectives you want to use experience of viewing things. And uh, and I was just chuckling your, your comment. I wish I had seen that 77-inch micro-LED display from Samsung because uh, the, by, by, by background, I was thinking that, you know, you need to start to build your house around the, the display technology rather than fitting your display into your house. So uh, it's kind of an interesting uh, way we start to well, change the world around us. But yeah, again, it becomes uh, you have a completely different experience as a, as a consumer or user of that the display technology. So that's what we will see. Well, I think also they're hoping and thinking that we're going to build those displays on the outside of our houses as well. Exactly. Yeah. We will have, a, you know, <laughs> instead of buying your, your Christmas decorations for your house, you'll just have a display to, to change it. Well, it makes a life easier. <laughs> yeah, it does. Okay. So like I said, we could talk about CES for the entire show, but uh, let's stop there and move on to talk about uh, market situations, what happened in 2023 and what, what the outlook for 2024 is. So 2023 was a tumultuous year. The semiconductor industry went into a slowdown. There were pullbacks. A lot of companies announced layoffs. Orders were shifted out. And the entire ecosystem sort of slowed down for a bit. So it's, it's over. 2023 is completed. How did the semiconductor industry end up versus the expectations? Well, yeah. I mean, if you look at that, our, uh, let's, let's go back. What what was forecasted uh, late, basically twenty two for twenty three 
from our perspective, we didn't expect semiconductor downturn uh, in, in also equipment downturn. Along the way, obviously, memory was leading the way. Uh, they, they definitely had a, a substantial cyclical downturn, uh, you know, and uh, there was a debate whether non-memory logic uh, power analog will follow. Uh, we, we did keep our view that yeah, it, it, it is unavoidable probably milder, and, and that certainly was was the case. Just kind of the interesting observations from last year is that when you think the, the business is darkest, you know, that's when we are in the bottom. And, and, uh, and sure enough, you know, the bottom was second quarter, you know, May, June timeframe, and then uh, in, in the third quarter, things started to turn up. It did not feel like that. But, you know, if you look at the data and, and how things, things evolved, um, you know, the, especially the memory obviously started to see, see that improvement. But also, also the logic, especially in, in the fourth quarter, started to, started to get back to it. And, and uh, I, I presented our, I mean, we, we can call the 24 a little bit later. The, the, the interesting observation is there that the power and, uh, and analog segments did follow the, the downturn, but almost like a year behind. So now that we see memory and logic recovering nicely, we actually see power and analog having a slowdown now. So that's kind of an interesting uh, how the how the different segments experience the cycle. In uh, in our expectation for that for power and analog, that the cycle is a lot milder. And so there was such a such a shortage of of those components in 2021, 22 still. You mentioned 2024, but before looking out at 2024, I do want to get to that. But we had a a, a very notable acquisition that occurred this month which made some big news in the semi-industry with the announcement of Synopsys acquiring Ansys for $35 billion. So can you walk us through that? Why the acquisition and what, what could it mean for the industry and what, what, what should we be thinking about there? The way I look at, look at this, the Synopsys is uh, what I would call, and, and this is uh, with a huge respect, a classical EDA, EDA uh, uh, a company providing. And, and uh, they have uh, recognized the value of simulation. They have definitely invested uh, money on, on their simulation capabilities. And then ANSYS comes from, uh, from the different, different origins, not the classical EDA, but they built out their capabilities through simulation. So there is actually now a strong EDA and a strong simulation capabilities brought together. I, I haven't seen and haven't had a chance to really, really talk to customers and users, but my understanding is that it's really a customer-driven that they actually see that, hey, if these two guys can combine their tools, there's going to be a, a very nice outcomes for the customers. So that's, that's also driving the, the acquisition from the background. And we're, I, I think it's listed as a merger, but uh, basically that's the setup. Okay. Great. And yeah, I think we're just seeing a lot of things shifting around with this new globalization. And one of the ways I've heard it described, so there are two transitions. There's the transition from the age of discovery to the age of implementation. And then the second is from the age of expertise to the age of data. Mm -hmm. And maybe it's a bit convoluted way to say, but the, the way I interpret that is it's saying that we're right now we're in the throes of AI implementation with big data 
and the companies that embrace and implement AI throughout their ecosystem and the ones, of course, that have access to the big data sources, those are the companies that are best positioned to, to win in this winner-take-all uh, scenario or winner-take-all game. I guess maybe you could think that acquisition is kind of part of that, that thinking. Is that the right way to think about this or should we be thinking about it in a different way? To, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking it more, more different way. It's, it's, uh, okay. uh, because, uh, it's, well, I mean, in certain ways it's a, it's a way, but it's, it still stays within the, the semiconductor design environment. So, so you can, you can have that two nanometer, one and a half nanometer design, loads of data that you can you you have to go through and now you have a substantial simulation capabilities to build into that design so you actually start to see better and faster how that design is going to turn out in the in the real world so big data plays a huge role it's just that the, the big data is within the semiconductor world when we talk about big data we talk about googles and facebooks and and this is a this is a different application of that that big data. So, uh, Price Waterhouse Cooper PwC has highlighted that the transformative potential of AI, projecting that it could contribute over fifteen point seven trillion to the global economy by twenty thirty, and a large portion of that growth is driven or is expected to be driven by generative AI. So in your perspective, how could this impact the semiconductor industry in 2024 and 2025? I mean, what should we, what, what, what should we expect for the semiconductor industry in the next year or so? Yeah, well, uh, actually, this, this leads, it's a great, great lead on that. On the long term, let, let's go to the long term, because, you know, PricewaterhouseCooper mentioned 2030. There's always this trend and discussion in, in our industry. So when will we, when we will reach trillion dollars in semiconductor sales? We, have a, we haven't changed our forecast yet, but we have a internal discussions. You know, it's um, how, and, and one of those things are, comes into definitions. How do you count that? Let's assume Lee Sassou's forecast of 400 billion becomes true. It will, it will definitely push that $1 trillion number higher. For sure. Now, Price Waterhouse Cooper, you know, whichever ways they came up with that uh, analysis of fifteen trillion. Well, we don't have to worry about the funding of that trillion dollars anymore because the money is there. <laughs> so, so you got to get that both, both sides to to uh, to to kind of. So that's that's actually describes that the environment around AI. You you see that huge. You know, Pricewaterhouse Cooper, huge benefits. Lisa Sue basically saying, "Hey, we're gonna have to build up the supply here to to reap those benefits," and uh, and the numbers get big very quickly. So 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 that's the that's the long term long term. Let's look at the uh, the, the shorter term, the twenty four and and twenty five. Um, I mean, uh, I I presented uh, early January of uh, our our twenty four forecast and 25 forecast publicly and in and while uh, while we we were we are very positive uh you know 16 percent up on semiconductors uh this year and after 10 percent to 25 i was myself when i was presenting i made comments that I'm, i am a little bit concerned on the demand side in in because we at the time we we added the demand side was still a little bit cloudy worried about inventories uh you know things things like that uh 
since then, uh, you know, when, once TSMC announced that their, their fourth quarter numbers gave the projections for 24, those demand concerns are, are way gone. You know, it's, uh, we are going to see a classical upturn. Uh, but for sure in the, in the next couple of years. And then, then, then the only question is what kind of numbers we can truly, truly see, but, uh, but the very healthy, healthy two, three years ahead of us right now. So right now we're looking at at least forecast 16% and next year it's targeted to be 10, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 16 this year, 10, uh, 10 25 or so. And the further we go out from this cycle, we actually see the over the the demand improving. So so the demand side, and and we already now have see that the demand is actually fairly robust. You know, and uh, it's not only AI, but also other parts, other parts of the of the semiconductor businesses start to see the demand improving. So I want to feed off of what you said a little bit there. Obviously, with this these large numbers like fifteen trillion and yeah. four hundred billion. We're seeing now countries positioning and investing at, you know, they're all vying for uh, their position to compete for what looks to be a very lucrative uh, economic opportunity. And so we have the CHIPS Act here in the U.S., and then other countries have their own versions of the CHIPS Act. So considering the challenges around AI governance, reliability, you know, AI security. Are there any geopolitical shifts or anything that you're seeing, and what what should we be watching for? Okay, um, I mean, we're we're dealing with uh, with uh, I, I would say three large powers. We can always debate what are the relative strengths of each. We have United States, uh, China, and and European Union as a, as a, you know, and of course. There are opinions and views who were stronger and what are the weaknesses and strengths, but each of them will will have their own approach for AI. In case of China, they are limited on access to the most advanced technologies, uh, which which uh, creates creates uh, its own own challenges. Then United States is clearly given Nvidia, uh, AMD, U.S. government is is taking a very aggressive very aggressive approach to it and then uh Europe is still uh, still kind of a uh, little bit a little bit let's say evaluating and looking what they what they potentially can do they see the opportunities some other parts of the of the economies but uh, for sure AI and you have you can look at it from regional geopolitical perspective but equally one step down corporations the competition, take take the hyper, hyperscalers. The competition is fierce. It's uh, it's a really really because you you may decide really a winners and losers uh, on this this technology. I'm mean, I'm going to use the term technology cycle. Uh, you know, look at Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Facebook, Apple. How those have to invest in and in find the. The, the best applications and what fits their business and 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 uh, that's a that's a very interesting on that geopolitical level you go one step lower you have that corporate level and and the competition is as fierce is not more fierce than geopolitically 
Risto, we're at the end of our program, and I want to thank you for sharing your invaluable insights and a shout out to Tech Insights. Before signing off, though, any any final thoughts? Uh, I mean, uh, just a, just a general thing is we are we are actually at the beginning of a very nice cycle here. What we didn't really mention here, the one of the beauty of AI from just a business and forecasting perspective, we are not limited by the number of humans. We are limited limited by the number of machines, and it's growing. So that's, uh, that's an interesting. I think to think about at the end of the of the interview here relative, relative to AI but very nice to be back I really enjoyed good point okay so Risto again thank you for joining us today thank you and to all our listeners we hope you found this conversation as enlightening and thought-provoking as we did to learn more from Tech Insights you can visit them at techinsights.com and don't forget to tune in to our next Advantes Talk semi-episode, where we'll continue to delve into the world of technology and innovation. Thank you for listening.